Joe Mazzula is the official head coach, no more interim tag. I'll talk about why the timing of this was interesting. Plus, I open up the mailbag. Russell Westbrook, Peyton Pritchard conversation there. Uh, redundancy in the lineup and best buddies. Do you need to be best buddies to play well in the NBA? It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device. Wherever you get your podcasts, however you get your podcasts, whatever app you use, it's right there when you subscribe. Show's also on YouTube. Watch the show, hop in the comments, join the conversation there. There's a lot of Celtics fans in the Lockdown Celtics YouTube comment section just waiting to have a conversation with you. I'm John Corrales, host of this Lockdown Celtics podcast. I used to be a professional basketball player a long time ago. Now I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. And I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And on Tuesday, I'm hosting a conversation with Kendrick Perkins at the Armory in Somerville. Tuesday night, go to the, the website for the Armory in Somerville. Get your ticket. Join the conversation. Uh, it'll be a conversation with me and Perk at first. And then... It'll be your chance to get a Q&A with me and Perk, with Perk, really. I'll just be moderating the thing. Today, we'll get into some mailbag questions. Also later on, the new, a new segment, the Nissan Electric Player of the Week. We'll be talking about that. First, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Really, the first thing I've got to talk about is... Joe Mazzula. Joe Mazzula has been named officially the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And uh, the interim tag has been taken off. The, uh, the, he's now officially just the head coach, the 19th head coach of the Celtics. Ime Udoka is done. Uh, obviously, this was, a, 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 I think, something that was coming. Uh, people who were questioning when would the interim tag be lifted. The, the, the answer was whenever the Celtics felt like they had basically punished Ime Udoka enough, there was, that was a legal thing. And because of all that, it took, took a while. I think the timing is super interesting. It's super, it's, uh, you're basically saying, you know, you, you, you put that at the all-star break and you said, here's, here's the news. It's a little bit of a news dump, right? At the, you know, the, I can't ask any questions until Joe gets back. He's going to have like a couple of days before, or at least a day before he has to answer any questions about this. I'm sure he can blow it off with the, with the all-star media coaches don't really talk a whole lot. It's more about the players. So they did this at a time where it just kind of will just float away into the ether. We'll talk to him about it when he gets back, but that's uh it's good timing by the Celtics. So that saga is over. It takes away a distraction, I think for, what would have been, uh, as you get closer to the playoffs, you you 
would have had people questioning like, you know, interim tag. If they don't win, do they take, does, does something else happen? Do they go a different direction? The Celtics were never, ever going to go in a different direction when it came to this. Uh, he is their 19th head coach by contrast. The Detroit Pistons, who were part of the original NBA, just like the Boston Celtics, although they were in Fort Wayne, have 36 head coaches. The Celtics don't like to change head coaches. They've had them. They'd like to keep them for a while. Uh, the Eme thing was an outlier. They don't like to do this. And now that it's that saga is over, it takes away that distraction. It's, it's done. Joe is the coach. He has a contract extension because of it. And that's it. You don't have Joe having any distinction of being the only interim coach to coach the head, the, the coach the All Star game. You don't get that little thing. Uh, so that's it. He deserves it. The, Celt his, the Celtics' results speak for themselves. I know people will say he needs to do X, Y, and Z, but I still think he's a really good coach. He's proven himself to be a really good coach, and the the stuff that he needs to learn, he's learning. And I think he'll be fine. I really think he'll be fine. So that is the email. Um, the oh God, once I started saying email again, I knew I was going to do that. That is the Joe Missoula stuff. Congratulations to Joe Missoula. I think that that's fine, and I'm glad for him. I'm happy for him. Let's get into the mailbag questions because uh, we've got a few, and I want to run through a bunch of them as many as I can here to get into the weekend. This is All Star Weekend, so we've all got places to go. We've all got, you know take our little breaks and, and go do our thing here. So let's get you into the weekend with something you can listen to. Andrew asks, uh, he heard me say this on the uh, Lockdown NBA uh, podcast. Heard you mention Westbrook should go play for the Beijing Royal Fighters. Do you think Peyton Pritchard is destined to play overseas? Didn't Brad Wanamaker win MVP in Germany or something? How different is playing in the Europe in Europe compared with the U.S.? Well, I don't think I don't know if he's destined to play overseas. I think he likes playing in the NBA. Every player's dream is to play in the NBA. And I think Peyton Pritchard is an NBA-level player. The question for a guy like Pritchard is, do you want to be an NBA player making $2 million, $3 million a year? Or do you want to go overseas and see if you can make 5 or $6 million a year? Or something you know more than the NBA? And that, I think, is where guys have to make their decisions. Do you want to go and have a bigger role? Do you want to go and say... You can be a, a star player. I think Peyton Pritchard could be a really good player in a league that where the players just aren't quite as tall, quite aren't quite as skilled. I think he can go and have a really, really good career. And I've said it a bunch of times, man. I, I Obviously, my playing career was in Greece, very short playing career, but it was in Greece. And playing in Europe is a lot different than playing in the NBA. You only play a couple of games a week. Uh, it's, it's not the same grind. The season is shorter. The demands aren't quite as, as high. Uh, it, it is a different, different, um, life out there playing in Europe or anywhere overseas. The leagues just aren't the same grind in the same level as the NBA, obviously. So yes, Wanamaker won an MVP in Germany. Um, uh, he won a lot of awards in Germany. Which tells you that, you know, guys who are really, really good overseas don't automatically come back to the NBA and say, yeah, are, are really good. The level of play is different. 
Pritchard could certainly go play somewhere and, and play well, but he's also good enough to be an NBA player. And I think that, um, that's what's going to keep him here. And if you manage your money well, then you can do just fine here, but he will have that option. I'm sure if his agent wants to explore options for him in Europe or Asia or, uh, anywhere else that there's a professional basketball league, South America, that if the money is right, then maybe maybe Pritchard wants to go do something like that. But I I, I doubt that that's where his his head is. Uh, I'll get to more questions after the break. Uh, we're going to talk about the the bigs. We're going to talk about uh, some fun things, uh, including who who in all time history would I uh, want to interview? That's later. Do guys really need to be friends in the NBA to to succeed? I'll talk about that all later on. First, today's show brought to you by Nissan, and today we're doing our Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week. It's brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan, Nissan Aria. The Nissan Electric Player of the Week for me is Derek White, who was the Player of the Week and continues to play an electric style of basketball. I think he, in the absence of everybody, was really just able to to give the Celtics something that they uh, they needed that they uh, allowed them to stay in first place. I mean, he's he's the reason why they stayed in first place. You talk about uh, a brilliantly fierce type of player. That's all the block shots. He's now uh, right there with Shea Gilgis Alexander, I believe, with uh, most blocks by a guard. He's he's a tough defender. Fiercely elegant player who can get to the rim and does a great job of letting guys pass by him so he can get those little floaters off. I think he's a really just uh, th- this this stretch for him has been some of the best basketball we've seen from him over the course of his career. And elegantly powerful, the three-point shooting, just incredible the way he's been able to hit those threes at a high rate when three-point shooting was a question mark for him for so long. He's just been a really electric player for the Celtics, especially lately, and really gives the Celtics something that they have been missing, and he's going to be a huge piece of the Celtics winning a championship this year if they can get there. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria is the EV for people who love to drive Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Head on over to the Locked On NBA feed. Two great podcasts there, the Locked On NBA podcast, which I host on Wednesdays, and the Locked On Game to Game. After a game, you get each side, each host gives you about a minute on their side of the story, so you get a full kind of recap of the night in the NBA. Listen to those two podcasts. You are caught up on the entire league. So check it out wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube. Back to the questions. Mike, got a bunch of Mikes. Mikes and Michaels asking questions today. Uh, he says, uh, wondering if you think the Celtics might have two potential six-men candidates in Brogdon and White. Both have been amazing and pivotal to the team. What are your thoughts, and has there ever been such a loaded team that had uh, this in NBA history? Uh, thanks, Mike, for the question. And 
I don't think Derek White's going to be a, a six-man candidate. He started too many games. So I think he's – I see what you're saying, and eventually he'll go to the bench and he'll be – I'm sure people would say, I would vote for him because he's been really good. Brogdon, I don't think Bro- – I think Brogdon's been a little too inconsistent to, to be a six-man, but uh, I, I do think when fully healthy, both of those guys would be potential candidates. So – uh, the depth is amazing, and but I will say, has there ever been such a loaded team uh, in NBA history? We do have to remember that the original NBA, when it was like eight teams and ten teams, those teams had a lot of talent. Those teams were pretty deep, uh, and you know you had you had guys like Havlicek coming off the bench. So the league was a lot deeper once upon a time. In the modern NBA, this is a pretty deep team. This is a team that. Uh, can go can go eight nine deep and and really give you a high quality uh, high quality players at at that eight and nine spot. There have been teams with some of this depth, but not many, not many. I think this is this could be one of the the deeper modern teams that we've seen. Michael, following up a mic with a Michael. Uh, with the age and injury history of the Celtics big men, Luke Cornett and Mike Muscala somewhat duplicate the skill duplicate the skills of Rob, Rob Williams and Al Horford, meaning the Celtics won't have to change the way they play after an injury. How do you view the roster building in terms of depth and redundancy? I think that's kind of the key to your roster building is can you sub in a lesser version of a guy that does what the other guy did? So Luke Cornett can roll and catch a lob and, you know, play, you know, protect the rim a little bit. Is he Robert Williams? No, but he's a lesser version. Mike Muscala can go out and hit a three and you you want him to defend a little bit. He can do that. Is he Al Horford? No. I mean, he might be a better shooter overall, more consistent than Al Horford, but not this season actually. But yeah, that's, that's how you want things to go. Brad Stevens talks about being foul-proof. So if Al Horford has two early fouls and you put Mascala in, no, you don't have to change anything. You don't have that like when Brooke Lopez went to the bench with two fouls in that Milwaukee game. You don't have that. Uh, and and that, that really hurt because he does the one, th- like Brooke Lopez does one thing really, really well. And they don't have anybody else that can duplicate that. So... I think the the redundancy, what used to be, you have too many guys who can do the same thing. Now it's, you you have a lot of guys that can do the same thing, and that that's good because you can just throw them out there in waves. And I think the positional versatility allows for guys to go out there and say, hey, you want to play Al at the five? You can play Al at the four. Either way, you want to you want to run a different style of play. You got a couple of guys that come in there and play that style of play. You want to go big, you have a group. You want to go small, you have a group. And within that group is some overlap, some guys who may do the same things. But I think I think this roster has been built really, really well. And I think Brad Stevens deserves a lot of credit. A lot of credit. He should be, I think, the executive of the year. Because that the way he's built this roster is incredible. Joe says, uh, we're all excited about the signing of Gallinari this this offseason, but uh, he tears his ACL and we never get to see that. Is the signing of Mike Muscala and the way he's played thus far 
what it would have looked like with Gallinari. Are we basically seeing Gallinari in Muscala? Uh, I feel like there's there's some validity to that. I mean, Muscala does a lot of that stuff. He's a shooter with size. He can hit the three. He demands that he be guarded out there. He's probably a little quicker than Gallinari and probably a little bit of a defend, better defender than Gallinari at this point. So, yeah, I like that, Joe. I think Muscala gives the Celtics that element that they lost with Gallinari uh, tearing his ACL. Now we, It's also given Sam Hauser some of that, that role as well. So we saw a little bit of not exactly what we're hoping for from Gallinari. But we we did see uh, some shooting made up by Sam Hauser and Muscala comes in, and I, I keep saying, I look at I look at this team now with um, if they were to face the Cleveland Cavaliers in the second round, let's say, you put a Muscala Horford combination out there, and there's the potential for those those bigs to be drawn out to the corners and open up lanes. It's not something you could have done before. They would play. uh, You can guard Hauser differently, but now with Muscala, it it does change the dynamic there. So I I do like that. And I think there's, there's certainly some similarities with how they would have used Gallinari in that spot. So yeah, I think that's a good observation, Joe. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the, the mailbag podcast in just a minute. I wouldn't get into, do guys need to be friends? The buyout market, guys want to ask, you know, people want to know about the buyout market. In my my all-time interview, I'll do that in just a moment. First, grab yourself a Built Bar if you're on the go. Grab yourself a Built Bar if you're heading to the gym. Grab yourself a Built Bar if you're just looking for a delicious treat because you want a protein bar that's delicious but also good for you and at only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. You're getting a lot of good things in a built bar with not a lot of the bad things that you might have to, you know, the, the stuff that makes those other protein bars, they need to pack them with sugar and pack them with other things to make them taste good. Not with built bar. Now, my goal, I'm trying to lose some weight. I'm trying to get more fit. I'm going to have a built bar after a workout because it's a little bit of a treat for me to say, hey, I'm rewarding myself, but also I know that the calories are not going to blow up my cardio. The grant, the 17 grams of protein are going to help me as I'm trying to build some muscle. So that is going to be something that, that I use a built bar for. You can use it as a meal replacement. It's a, it's great for breakfast on the go. Grab a banana, grab a bottle of water, grab yourself a built bar. You can have that in the car and you get yourself a lot of the stuff you need to get you going in the morning. And you don't need to like pile on a ton of coffee. It's going to give you the energy you need. Maybe you just need it as a snack. Maybe you're traveling. You want to eat it on the plane, whatever it is. You can get Built Bar three places now. You can go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15, get 15% off your order. You can go to Walmart, go into the pharmacy section there and get a four-bar box. They've got cookies and cream and double chocolate or coconut puffs there. Go to Sam's Club, run in, get yourself a 13-bar box, brownie batter or churro. It's all there. You can thank me later. Built BuiltBar, Built.com, Lockdown15 is the promo code for 15% off. To wrap up the mailbag here with a few final questions, heading into the All-Star break, Vlad says, who do you think the Celtics should sign from the buyout market? Should it be a wing player? Uh, What would you think about Will Barton or Stanley Johnson? Great options if they want to come here. I think at this point, uh, 
my, my stance on the buyout market is simple. I think the Celtics are fine without it. They've got an open roster spot if they need it, but they're fine without it. And I think we've seen over the past week or so that the Celtics have a ton of depth. They're heading into the playoffs and the playoffs are going to be eight man rotations, nine man rotations at best. So you have smart Tatum, Brown, Rob, and Al as your presumed preferred starting lineup. You have Brogdon, White, Grant Williams as your three main guys off the bench. You got Muscala and Pritchard there, uh, Sam Hauser there. So you've got other guys you can throw in there in case of emergency uh, off the bench. They've got plenty of guys, plenty. No one is going to come in and supplant the top eight guys. You're not getting anybody in the buyout market that's getting higher than ninth in your rotation. And I would put Mascala ninth in the rotation. So who's going to supplant him? Kevin Love? No. I don't think Kevin Love's going to want to come to Boston. He's getting a buyout from Cleveland because he wants to get playing time. He wants to be part of something. So I don't think he's going to come to Boston just to sit there. That's going to be the thing. Brad Stevens said it. Who's going to come here and be good with not playing? Because generally speaking, the way things are shaping up now, 23 games left, you're going to have to start ramping guys up. You could give guys a game off here or there, and there might be some opportunity to play. But really, now that I think about it, this is going to be the final few weeks. March is a busy, busy month, and it's going to be time for guys to ramp up and play more minutes. So is Will Barton going to be cool sitting the bench? If he is, then fine. Yeah, sure. Let's get some more depth. I would love to have, it's not my money. I would love to have one more guy sitting there. If he's not going to mess up the locker room, if he's going to be cool sitting there for most of the time, then sure. Is he going to be able to come in in case of an emergency and fill it, fill a role? Then sure. I don't know that Will Barton or Stanley Johnson or anybody else is going to want that reduce the role. So. I don't know that they're going to actually do it. Now, there might be somebody there, and maybe those guys are. I, I can't be, I, I'm not in their heads, so I don't know. But basically, I am just, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with the way this group is. I think they're they're in a good spot. They're put together well. They're playing well. Once Jalen's back, once everybody's healthy, it's going to be a hell of a team. So. If somebody, if somebody wants to come in and, and give them a little extra depth, great. But if nobody does, I don't think that's going to hurt the Celtics. Andrew said, best buddies night at the garden got me thinking about different kinds of supportive relationships. Do NBA players need to be close off the court to play well together on the court? I don't know if Tatum and Brown ever hang out together, but I'd like to imagine them as really good work friends. So I think Tatum and Brown are different people. They're just different people. They're in different spots in their lives, even. Jalen has a lot of off-court interests. He wants to speak at symposiums. He wants, to, he wants to work for social change. He wants to do a lot of those things. He's very, very conscious of all of that. Tatum is doing other things. Not that he's not conscious of that as well. It's a very important thing to him as well. But he's also got a son. So he's, you know, his time with his son is important. And he wants to do ads and is doing more ads than anybody else. And he is shooting commercials sometimes. And that's that's his life. That's his choice. And so, and he's got other friends. He's got, they come from different areas of the world. They come, from, you know, one's from Atlanta, one's from St. Louis. 
And so they have their own friends and, and some of them are mutual friends and they are friends. They are friendly. We've seen them interact with one another, but are they always hanging out off the court? No, don't have to. Um, there's, there are varying degrees of how much you should be friends on the court or off the court. And it depends on the player. Honestly, some guys can't take criticism from anybody but a close friend. And so you need to have a close friend there to be able to tell you, this is something you need. Uh, this is this, you need to hear this or whatever. Like that's, that's something that is an individual kind of thing. Some guys don't need that. Some guys can just take the criticism and, and that is part of being on a team, right? That, that criticism back and forth, like you have to be able to tell each other, like, no, you missed that pick. You missed that, that, that rotation. I need you to be here. Um, when something goes wrong and you look at each other, you see guys talking on the court, they have to be able to like talk to one another. And these guys, are, these guys are all professionals and it's different than any level of basketball that you've ever seen. And even that I've seen, you know, this is, this is high level multimillionaire basketball where guys are married and they have kids and families and it's, it's, they're on the road a lot together and it can get a little clicky from time to time. But as long as everybody in the locker room is having a good time and is, is, it's not adversarial, you can have teams that aren't uh, the best of friends playing well together. I think that's something that is, um, that's fine. So you can, you can actually not like a guy. You can actually not like a guy personally, but on the court, be fine with him. That's, that's fine. As long as it doesn't spill into the locker room, you guys can avoid each other in the locker room and not talk to each other and take different buses and be on different parts of the plane and barely never talk, but work well together and understand for the team to win, it takes this. And maybe it's a pick and roll partner. Maybe it's a backcourt partner. Maybe it's a frontcourt partner. But all you need to do is perform on the court. So personal relationships, it depends on different people. Some guys need it. Some guys don't. Some guys are loners. Some guys are social. Some guys are loud in locker rooms. Some guys aren't. Some guys smile all the time. Some guys don't. So it just depends on the individual person. But the most important, most important thing is, can you put that aside, whatever it is, and work well on the court? And I think you can. You don't need that. I think it's overrated in some degrees. But hey, if everybody loves each other, it's better. It's better, but it doesn't have to be that. Finally, Michael, with your upcoming interview of Kendrick Perkins, which all-time Celtic, alive or dead, would you love to interview and why? How about a non-Celtic NBA player? Well, first of all, my interview with Kendrick Perkins, I told you at the beginning, the Armory at Somerville uh, on Tuesday. So join me at the Armory in Somerville for that. I would have loved to have interviewed Bill Russell. I mean, that's, that's the guy. Because Bill's story is amazing. I, I want I would have loved, I could sit there all day and and barely ask a question and just let listen to him talk from beginning to end. You know, being born in the South, moving to California, the things that he faced, the racism that he faced, the things that he fought through, the relationship with Red Arback, how that kind of uh developed and, and gave him, uh, that freedom that he needed to become who he became as an NBA player. 
all of that stuff I think is, is incredibly interesting. And then the basketball stuff, the, the angling on picks, the, you know, reading a guy's shot to know when to jump, to block it, all of the technical stuff that he saw. Like I, I would have loved to have known all of that stuff. Well, same with Larry Bird too. I mean, I could sit down and talk to Larry Bird. Kevin McHale would be a great one. Kevin McHale is like my basketball hero. So I definitely would love to talk to Kevin McHale. Uh, Non-Celtics NBA player. Oh, man. I mean, where do you start? I mean, basically, it's all the greats. It's all the greats. So Michael Jordan? Sure. Um, uh, I would have loved to have talked to Red Arback. That, that's I mean, that guy. His philosophy on things is more than any, like more, more than the basketball stuff, just his philosophy. He just seemed to, Red seemed to break things down to like a granular level. And I think that's what allowed him to connect with certain guys and, may, and get the most out of these guys. He knew who could handle what, and it was amazing. So that's, that's my very long answer. Basically everybody, I would like to interview everybody, but those are, those are my main guys. All right, thanks for uh, submitting the questions. Questions can be submitted at johncorrales.com slash mailbag, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Get your questions in. I'll answer them from time to time. Big break coming up, so I'll do another mailbag next week for sure. Um, so get your questions in, anything you want to know, get them in, and I will answer them uh, at some point next week. Another mailbag will certainly be coming for that. Uh, so, uh, that's, and that's the place like uh, too many other outlets for me to, to, this is a good centralized place. I know where to find these questions. That's where to ask the questions. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't to this point, I would love it. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch the show on YouTube, get that show, um, watch that show, get into that comment section, hop in there, discuss the show, discuss the Celtics with other like-minded Celtics fans or not like-minded Celtics fans, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, you can talk to them all there and share the podcast. Tell your friends and everybody they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.